Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Cracked Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. There's been a lot of Australian Open talk over the past two weeks. Obviously, it dominates the headlines as it's one of only four Grand Slams on the year. And when you have two weeks of action, you have to cover that in depth. But we did not forget that this past weekend, we had the ITA kickoff weekend. We had uh, 15 teams clinch their spots in Chicago for the National Indoors, which I believe is February 15th to the 17th. Our Cracked Rackets team will be there. So, you know, if you are a fan of college tennis, if you are in the Midwest, West. I know it's very cold right now, and we hope you are staying safe. I am very snug right now. That's why I'm so excited to do this podcast. Uh, but come out to that event, because that is really one of the pinnacles of college tennis. There's so much great action. And of course, to help preview that action, to help recap all of the ITA kickoff weekend that it was, I brought in my two favorite uh personalities we'll call them in the college tennis world to talk to we'll start out with the former four-star recruit on tennisrecruiting.net he is a cracked rackets writer and the personification of tennis cocaine it is matt stokoyak matt hey great shot and welcome back thanks for having me back ruskin what's going on buddy Oh, not too much. I think my computer might explode right now. I'm recording myself. I'm recording Chris. I can like bear. There's a lot of echoes, but like I said, I'm overloaded right now with tennis. I got to get some of it off my chest. So I appreciate you being here for my rants. Absolutely, man. We got a lot of college tennis to talk. So let's get into it. Absolutely. And, you know, someone who's going to make both of us look a lot more knowledgeable than we are on the college tennis world. You know him at College Tennis Ranks, and you can see his website, collegetennisranks.com as well. We have brought him on before, and we are so happy to have him back. Chris Halioris, hey, great shot and welcome. Uh, it's, you know, it's only been two weeks this time in between pods. Yeah, it's a, it still seems like a long time after everything we we got to watch this weekend, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Can't wait to can't wait to get into recap here. And I feel like we should have left out the Mississippi State and Michigan regions because how are you and I going to talk about those without our biases coming up? Where there's going to be a lot of rants in that, and of course we will hit those regions. We are going to try and talk today about all of the regions, but if we talked about every match, this pod would be three hours. I'm sure it's going to hit an hour already, as is. So we're going to talk. You know, we I divided into three categories. I had the blowout regions. There were eight of those. The intriguing regions. There were either three or four, and then the must talk about i think there were only three must talk and four intriguings uh we'll run through all of that but if you want more in-depth coverage if you want to see who won all of those events or you missed out on anything australian open check out our website crackedrackets.com you'll be able to catch up on everything there twitter facebook instagram youtube so much great content coming uh, from us trying to keep you tennis fans entertained and of course like rate subscribe listen to this podcast as well as our other podcast the cracked interviews pod where we've had a ton of great college guests to get you ready for this season but Chris I and I'm sorry Matt I I promise I listened back to our preview and I feel like I cut you off way too much so I am going to turn to you more in this pod make a concerned effort to get you in but I have to ask from the get-go in terms of the results we saw this weekend UTR wise any huge upsets pop off to you right off the bat you know I feel like this was a pretty a lot of things happened that we thought were going to happen this weekend yeah, I mean, uh, surely on an indi- individual basis, there pr- there might have been, but from a team standpoint, no, there were there were there were no no big surprises. Uh, I think we had, uh, but between between the three of us, we covered all the winners. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think between uh, between Stokowiak and I, 
we uh, we each missed. Uh, I, I'm thinking we each was missed one in that uh, we we both had uh, Florida State going down for sure. He took Tulane, was right in one. I had I had Tennessee and and, uh, and lost on that one. But then uh, in Oklahoma, I had uh, I had Notre Dame and he had Oklahoma, so we kind of had a swap there. So we both hit 15 out of the 16. Uh, and you know, obviously, we we both got Baylor. But uh, you know, I don't even want to ask how I did. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not sure. The, the fact that we got we just got off to the to the Michigan uh, Baylor thing right away. I, I didn't bother counting the rest. I, I, although I think you decided you were going to side with me in Oklahoma and took Notre Dame, so I think that was a good good choice. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that, Matt. What about you? Big picture, any upsets? You, you know, as you mentioned, anything happened that you didn't quite expect? Not really. I think overall it was just about what we expected. Um, you know, you should be happy, man. Michigan won a match. Right. I mean, that, 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 that's all you could ask for it, it for you. You should be quite happy, Gruskin. So um, no complaints there. But no, overall, in all seriousness, um, it went just about the way that I thought it was going to, with the exception of maybe a couple matches here and there uh, that we'll get into here in just a second. Well, first of all, like that's 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 a ridiculous. Don't think you can just get away with that right off the bat. So that was the most backhanded compliment I've heard in quite a while. So hey, great shot by you. Um, yeah, I think that those are both fair approximations, Matt. Despite that little dig, I want to ask you: Do you want to start with the blowouts? Do you want to start out with the intriguing, or do you want to start out with the must-talk about regions? Let's start out with the blowouts. Just get through those, uh, go over those briefly, and then we'll get more in depth into the into the better regions. I like it. That's how we're going to do it. Chris, sound good? Sounds great. All right, and just so you listeners know, we're going to leave that in. That's how we make decisions on the Great Shot Podcast. We do it on the fly, but let's start with the number one seed. We're going down to Winston-Salem for the Wake Forest region where we had Wake Forest taking on BYU in round one, Memphis taking on Old Dominion. You know, Wake Forest takes care of business pretty handily, 4-0. Memphis takes out Old Dominion, 4-1. Nothing too shocking to talk about there. Uh, But then you look second round, Wake Forest takes out Memphis, 4-1. They win the doubles point. Uh, They have wins at 2-3 by Gajev Slabinski. And then Banthian, I'm going to mess up that pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try. My point, uh, the first question I want to ask, Chris, we're looking at these teams. Obviously, their level of talent uh, gives them such a big advantage when you're playing a non-top 20 team so when you're really looking at what they do this weekend it's the lineup choices they make and was there anything from Wake Forest lineup wise that shocked you uh, I wouldn't say there's anything shocking I mean other than the fact that Goyo still is not there right but yet he's played in the Cleveland Challenger this week <laughs> so so that leads me to believe that he'll be there soon uh, especially considering they've got some so they've got a, uh, some matches coming up in the next two weeks before indoors so I gotta believe he's showing up besides that the I, I'll say that the, the thing that that I realized is if he doesn't come back and he's I mean he's got to be back if he doesn't get back the bottom of that lineup definitely is leaving them a little open and I they're not going to make it through as is with no Goyo and and win another national championship so uh, I think uh, you know Banthia ended up losing that match to Memphis on on Sunday and they they weren't even playing some really tight matches they did what a good team does and they won the matches they needed when they needed to win them but but they were cut they cut some of those pretty close and I think they you know they showed to be a little vulnerable there 
but I, that'll all be a different story, I think, once Goyo comes back. I think he's going to— Matt, does he play one or two when he gets back? Yeah, I feel I like think we talked gonna, about this before, but it's going to be the question. I mean, I think I think Bresky will roll with what what worked for him last year, but you know, it, either way, it doesn't matter as long as he's back. That's that's all that matters for them. But kind of like Chris was saying, what's interesting to me about this or about Wake is just that bottom part of their lineup, the four, five, and six. Who's going to really be those main guys that fill those positions throughout the year? Because when they go to indoors. It's going to be interesting to see what their master lineup looks like. Uh, if they don't get those positions sorted out, it, it could be tough. I mean, even if they win, say say Gojo and Petros win at one and two, you know, somebody from four, five, and six is going to have to come through for them. Solomon, I look at him at four. I mean, is he really going to stay at four? You've got Bonthia at five. I mean, these guys, to me... I think Bresky's got a little bit of uh, homework to do to figure out exactly who's going to fill those positions and who can come up, you know, big when they need it. That's just what I think. That's why, and we'll talk at the end about our top five rankings, I think teams like Mississippi State, like USC, where they've had players who've played at least two years in the lineup, they have some sort of set combinations coming into this early part of the year. We're going to see them have more success than some of these other teams who are trying to figure it out on the fly. Now, of course, a lot of things will change by May when we have a much larger sample size to talk about. But yeah, the, Coach Brusky definitely has a lot of choices. I want to end on this region, uh, and this will be something we do for all of the regions with you, Chris. Of these four teams, how many do you think we see in the NCAA tournament? Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's On the great, spot. Great question. Uh, I'm going to s- say that we see three. Wake Forest, Memphis, BYU? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's what I think. Uh, <laughs> Not I a lot of confidence. No, I, I'm trying I, to drive down your stats. You did too well, well last time. I, I don't. I, well, I'll tell you what. So, the, so the, the, the one I'm hedging on here is Memphis. Had you asked me before the weekend, just looking at the roster, I'd say, no, no way Memphis makes it. They played extremely well this weekend. I mean, that, that was, as far as I'm concerned, it was an upset for them to beat Old Dominion. Um, and they walloped them. I mean, they didn't beat them. They walloped them. And then they came out and actually played well against Wake uh, as well. So, I I mean, it's a really good sign for them. They opened the year with a win over Northwestern. Northwestern's obviously nothing special this year, but it was still a a good win. Uh, And they're just playing really well. So I think uh, the the hedge here, right, is they get nothing in the conference. I mean, you know, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat beat Tulane or beat UCF. And outside of that, there's – there's not much conference to get them, so I don't know. But uh, but I think they've they've got a shot at, at you know grabbing one of those final spots. It could be them. It could be Old Dominion. Either one of them at the end will was likely to you know finish 43, 44, and grab that last spot. I like it, Matt. Same thing to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much more to add there. I'll I'll just leave it at what Chris said. I mean, I could see I could see three teams making the tournament but it's still it's kind of early to tell to, to be honest so you know i don't know 
I like it. That's a good answer. Look, that's why we bring on Chris, as I mentioned, because he his explanation made a lot of sense to me, and I hope it does to you listeners as well. But let's move on to our next region. Uh, we'll, we will go to Columbus, where number two seed Ohio State hosted Arkansas, Cornell, and VCU in the first round. OSU takes out VCU 4-0. Arkansas survives a great match with Cornell, 4-3 decision there. And then in the second round, Cornell knocks off VCU 4-1. Ohio State takes out Arkansas 4-1. Uh, they advance to Chicago. You look at the lineup choices they make. Wolf, Joyce at one. That's a team that played together last year. Cobelt and Trotter playing two. Cobelt 6-4, 6-5, maybe 6-6. Obviously the younger brother, oh, maybe even taller, the younger brother of Peter Cobelt the former Ohio State All-American. And then at three, I love this pairing. It's a typical Ty Tucker move. Tubert, who has been a staple at three doubles, a phenomenal doubles player, with John McNally. Obviously, the big server, big forehand is what he brings to the table there. They take that doubles point, as they seem to always do in Columbus. Then they get wins from Wolf, Selig, and Tubert at six. Uh, unfortunately for McNally, he takes a loss at two singles. You know, Matt, I think the question to me for this Ohio State team, obviously, J.J. Wolf is as good, uh, if not better, than any player in the country. But for McNally at two, he has all of the pedigree. I'm a big fan of him personally, despite our checkered history in the Midwest clothes, which I've moved on <laughs> since we've since interviewed him. And he's a very, very kind guy. But that's the question, right? Is if McNally can be for Wolf what Wolf was for Torpegard at two, this Ohio State team can compete with anyone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's the big question with this team. And the other thing that I notice here is that Tim Siebert did not play against Arkansas here. He was in and out of their lineup last year. I I want to know what Ty Tucker really thinks about Tim Siebert because you know, he played in that national championship match against Wake Forest, but we didn't see him prior to that. It was Tubert that played at six, and that's what happened here against Arkansas as well. You know, I think Tubert can get the job done against a lot of teams, but can he get the job done against the top five teams, you know, when he really needs to? I don't know, but I like their doubles. Like you mentioned, Gruskin, that Tubert-McNally pairing at number three, I think can pay dividends for them. And Wolf and Joyce at one should be solid all year. It's funny, but I think J.J. Wolf might play better in pro events than he does in college. I mean, he is rolling guys in challengers (laughs) like one and two, you know, and then he beats Oscar Mesquita three and three. You know, it's just funny to me that he's he's crazy. I mean, he's really improved. Um Indoors is such a different monster for him because that serve, that forehand indoors, yeah. look out. And I, I and I don't mean to cut you off, but Chris, in, in terms of the UTRs, as Matt mentioned, we had no Siebert here. That's really the you know that's the him including this and then plus the six guys who played. That's really who they're going to shuffle through for the lineup this year. Yeah, and I got to believe they're going to play Siebert. I mean, Tubert. I mean. Last year, as as Matt was saying, you know, is he going to win at six? I don't think so in the big matches. He didn't do it last year. Uh, I know I, I I can't even remember who they played before uh, Mississippi State played him in the quarterfinals. Uh, but I know uh, we beat him fairly easily at six in the quarterfinals. I think he lost the day before. They played, they, yeah, they played Minnesota. They putting... I think he lost. Yeah, that's right. 
I think I think he lost to it, but I won't I swear to it. But I thought can he we did also it. point out that humble brag that they lost pretty easily at six against Mississippi State? Who played six, Chris? I think that might have been Trevor, but uh, <laughs> you know, tough, rough memory. But uh, but yeah, no, I I mean I I got to believe that Siebert's going to find his find his way uh, in the lineup, or or Alex Cobelt will. I'm not sure, uh, but but I think they'll they'll find their way. But the surprising thing to me here in that match really was that. Even though they they win the match, uh, they win the match four one, but uh, but you know McNally obviously took a loss. Trotter split sets at four. Joyce split sets at five, and I can't believe Joyce split sets at five. Arkansas is really they're they're surprising me in how well they're playing, and they did that. Uh, they did all that down a guy. They pulled their the guy that had pl- had been playing one for them, and everybody slid up a spot. Uh, so. Arkansas. I mean, they were they were going to lose the match regardless. I mean, there's there's no way they were going to win the match. But they, I mean, they played a very good match against Ohio State. So I, I think I think McNally will be fine, uh, even though he took the loss to San Giorgio. That's not a good not a good loss for him, and that's a bad loss. But but I mean, he's he's going to be fine. Uh, it's it it's really more the bottom of the lineup that I'd be worried about there, and they'll be good doubles all year for sure. So two quick or well one quick counterpoint, and then my last question. And because we these are the <laughs> blow through regions, so you, we gotta you know move along here. But uh, that's half the fun of doing this, as I've mentioned. So hey, great shot to us. I think early in the season for Coach Tucker and whom I to dissect his brain, but having two seniors in Joyce and Tubert at the bottom of the lineup, there is some comfort to that, knowing these guys have played so many matches before when you're playing in Arkansas Hunter Tubert can more than hold his own at six he really you know we're saying he's not a good option at six compared to the absolute best teams in the country you know versus 99% of the other teams he's a fantastic option at six so I think there's something to that but yes coach Tucker always plays with his lineup so it will be fun to watch but Chris you mentioned the Arkansas team showing well uh, in this region you've got Cornell who pushes that Arkansas team very well and that's an Ivy League with them Columbia Dartmouth Harvard there's plenty of NCAA talent how many uh, teams do you think we'll see in the NCAA tournament from this region uh you're looking at uh, it's two in arkansas as a bubble ohio state and cornell are locks uh cornell's missing david bolson right so when i don't know i don't know why he wasn't there but if he's in the lineup they're a lock uh they'll do well arkansas and because they're going to play that uh, that sec schedule and it's you know there's just a lot of good teams but if they can come up with uh like the us ucf win they had if they can get say two good two or three quality wins uh, from top half SEC teams, uh, they'll make it in. So I, but I would, they're definitely uh, a bubble team to, to watch, watch closely. And I think they will be right now. I'd say based on the way they're playing, they're in, but you know, obviously that could, that could change. Matt. Yeah. I mean, same thing. I I have no disagreements there. I'll defer to Chris on almost all of these. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, unless unless there's something, unless he goes crazy for a second, but um, hey, no, I, I think he's right. I might come up with a, I could come up with a wild Gruskin take. Hey, well, that's that's, that's what I'm here to we're, check. Yeah, we're about two, we're two, we're two Coronas away from him giving his case for South Alabama. <laughs> 
But all right, let's move on to the next region. This one, obviously, close to home. So, Chris, you can take us through this real quick. Mississippi State hosts Wichita State, Arizona, UNCW. They in those matches, Mississippi State beats Wichita State four zero. Arizona wins their match four one. Mississippi State then knocks out Arizona four one. Uh, they win the doubles point. Get wins from Nuno. Get wins from uh, who else did they get wins from? I would uh, from five and six as well. You know, they take a loss at three singles, but still, I, I love this team. They just, they know what they are, and I think that's so valuable. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was never really other than the first, say, 20 minutes of that match. Uh, they got off to a slow start, got even down a break on a couple matches in the first set, but it was quickly, uh, you know, quicker than you could, could blink. They were up breaks on, you know, four or five of the courts in the first set. Uh, and and you could tell that that it was it was going to be over. Now Arizona still played a decent. I mean they, they played a good match, uh, but they they just weren't going to be able to be able to come out of there with that one. The, and that you know the big key for Mississippi State has it has been now for quite a while. They've now they've now won thirteen doubles points in a row uh, coming out of that match. So you think and when you think back to that's in NCAA tournament and the SEC tournament uh, and. And then the finals matches from the SEC season. That's a that's a lot of doubles points in a row to win. So they're playing some great doubles. Uh, when you get the doubles point, and then you got you got guys like Nuno and Gio at one and two. Uh, and then the you know it's just hard. It, it you're gonna it's gonna take one of those good teams uh, at this point to to beat them. They're they're playing really well. So uh, it was the, I think that the surprising thing to me there was. Uh, was how well I was actually fairly impressed with the Wichita State. Um, they played a really good match. You know, they were the four seed, right? And they came back playing the the loser from the two three match, and they just they just handled UNCW uh, that second day. And and the in watching them, I thought they were much better than what I expected to see out of a out of a four seed. They have some they have some good solid players. I I like uh, I like their prospects for for getting better through the year. Well, you're too humble to say this, but we should congratulate Trevor. And, of course, for he clinches the match down 6-4 in that second set tiebreaker. Comes back, wins it 8-6. Westoff, if you could, cue an applause, please. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be – we just – Matt and I shouldn't add anything to that. You were there. You saw it. So, real quick, NCAA teams in this region. Ooh, I, I'm going to say right now probably just uh, – probably – Two, I'll say Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi State's clearly a lock, and, and I'll say Arizona. <laughs> Arizona uh, it's it's a tough schedule in the Pac-12, but I, you know, I think Wichita State and UNCW may be a, just a little short. But but I think uh, you know, it, without looking at their schedule to see what kind of you know, chances they have for some n- decent non-conference wins, I don't know what Arizona has, but but that, they had a good team. I, I would think. I would think as long as the schedule's okay for them that that they'd make it in. All right, well, then let's leave it there and move on to our next region. Not that interesting in terms of the results. We're talking about the Florida region where number four seed Florida hosts William & Mary, Florida Atlantic, and Louisville. In the first round, Florida Atlantic stomps on Louisville 4-0. That was certainly surprising. Florida wins 4-0 as well. Second round, Louisville beats William & Mary 4-1. Florida knocks out FAU 4-1 as well. But Matt... The spiciest thing from this region, Alfredo Perez, not in the singles lineup for Florida. That's interesting. Well, I think he's coming off injury, right, Chris? Yeah. 
So, you know, I don't, I'm not going to read into that too much. I think he'll be there in Chicago when they need him. Uh, what I'm a little more alarmed by, because this is my, my national uh, title pick here, is that they lost the doubles point to FAU. And that bothers me a little bit. They shouldn't be losing doubles points like that. Um, I'd like to know what happened there. I didn't get to see any of that match, but I, I would have been interested to see if they just came out flat, you know, overconfident. Uh, or just flat out didn't play well. I'd like to know, but then you go into singles and, you know, the scores are exactly what I want to see from my national title pick. So they, they <laughs> rebounded pretty well, um, you know, and with a full lineup, I don't think there'll be anything to, you know. Yeah, this is why my counterpoint for you, and you didn't even argue against it, but just read that singles lineup. Crawford, Andrade, Riffis, Inglidson at four, and it almost makes sense. You know, Valet, Kessler, of course, Perez and Greif didn't play, but I think given that they're such a young team, they still need to figure out who their doubles combinations are. You know, Perez gets to play doubles in this match. Him and Inglidson lose 7-5 at two. Kessler, Valley, I think they played together last year. They lose 6-1 at one, but still Crawford, Rafais, that's a terrifying team to play at three doubles. They win 6-1. They have so much time to figure out what combinations work for them. And just you see the depth on paper, Chris. It's scary. Oh, it is, and I and I I don't think you have anything to worry about with their doubles. They'll uh, they'll certainly get it back, and those guys have played together. Ingleton and Perez played a lot together. Kessler and Valle played together all year last year. Um, I was yeah, frankly, I was I was shocked. I mean, a seven five result at two, okay, I I can see that happening, but but Kessler and Valle losing six one to uh, to Jason Legal and his partner. I, I mean, nev- never saw that coming. Didn't Kessler and Vale win a couple rounds in, in NCAA doubles last year? I mean, they were a solid team. I can't remember if they did, but man. I, I remember watching them at UNC, and they I believe they got a win at three doubles that match. Or maybe they lost even, but still, you're right. These are teams that have played together before. Yeah, they have. So, I, I, you know, I think, you know, whether it was – was it an off day? Was it, you know, was it because they were – indoors i you know i don't know but they're they'll be fine i have have no worries there and then like you said that the singles lineup what's what was interesting is they rolled one two or three they only have three indoor courts in florida right so they only got they they played the doubles point and then they played one two and three and within you know a couple minutes of each other all three of those matches were done so it was three one and angleton volley and kessler all go on at the same time and when you look at the results it looks uh, Engelson was up seven five. Well, Engelson was down five one. Uh, so at, when I was looking at it at first, you saw Engelson <laughs> down five one in the first. You're like, holy cow! And I was, you know, I'm tweeting how hey, it doesn't even matter if Ali and Kessler get on. Engelson's going to roll at four, and you know he, he ends up coming back to win the set. But but you know, Vale uh, wins the match, but Kessler's up six three. But then it's three four in the second, and they were playing some tight matches down low. Uh, but again, it's it's early in the year, and the, those guys will be fine. Yeah. So then we'll end here uh, of that region. Name the NCAA teams. Oh, n- no Louisville and no William and Mary for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, FAU. Uh, I I'm gonna. I'm going to say from a conference perspective that uh, that they may get in it. You got them in Middle Tennessee, I think, uh, battling. So I'll 
I'll, I'll they're going to have to win the conference, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll say it's going to be a, a, like a maybe it's a fifty-fifty shot. I think they did last year. Uh, I'll go if it's fifty-fifty on that. I'm going to I'm going to hedge to the no side and say it's just Florida. <laughs> I like it. Well, then let's head out west for do the you know the big California schools USC UCLA. We'll start with the Trojans. They hosted Cal Poly, UCSB, South Alabama. They uh, take care of Cal Poly 4-0. UCSB takes out South Alabama. Chris's sleeper pick 4-1. Then in the second round, USC knocks out UCSB 4-1. Interesting to note in their win, uh, they win the doubles point. They get a loss at three from Verboven. But Jake Devine, Jack Jade, uh, Logan Smith, the three seniors, none of them in the singles lineup. Are the freshmen more talented, Chris? Are they, or is this just them trying out things? What are we seeing from this? Uh, well, I think for sure it's Pete Smith getting a good look at his guys. Um, but uh, I, I kind of, and I'd, I'd have to actually look at what my what my supposed projected lineup was that I had <laughs> had up online. But I actually thought uh, I think Jake Sands and more Bull, more Bullis are both going to be uh, in that lineup. Uh, for USC, so I don't think the fact that they played them at at five and six is is a lot of surprise. Um, but uh, I think I adjusted my, my lineup to be what they had put in there. But I, I think those guys are going to end up playing. But again, he's going to see who who's in who's in good form and and who's playing where, to to where he thinks he can use them. So he's played, you know, he's he's pretty much run through the rotation, and he knew I'm sure he knew he could here uh, to kind of see how everybody performed and. And he's looking good at four, five, and six, you know, so far with, with whatever he throws up there. Uh, and it's it's just good for him to get a good look at him. Matt, what do you think? The more that I look at this team, USC reminds me of Florida just a little bit with their depth. You know how basically they can throw anybody at five and six and they're going to have a good chance to win. Um What's interesting to me about this is Bradley Fry played doubles with Kukerman at number three last year. That was Tanner Smith. I think we'll see Tanner Smith back in there. So the doubles lineup should be set. Those That's the exact same lineup that they played last year. And then in singles, I mean, it's just – it's an embarrassment of riches. I mean – Coach Smith can do whatever he wants. I mean, the top of the lineup set, obviously, but again, at the bottom, he can mix and match with whoever's whoever's hot at the time. They look good, man. Again, this is a team that I have firmly in my top five. Serious contenders. See, this is a bit of a tangent, but the difference to me between USC and Florida, and this is reminiscent of, I would say, the more recent Virginia teams as well as the older Virginia teams. One of my favorite examples, the team that had Michael Shabazz at one, Alex Damajan at two, Sanam Singh at three, Jameer Jenkins at four. You know, that, Those are four guys capable of playing number one singles. You talk about more recently, you know, they've had Richard, Kwiatkowski, um, I'm blanking out, Soderlund, and up playing one a little bit last year for UVA. Uh, Colin Eltamirano had played one a little bit for them as well. So many guys capable of that for Florida this year. You know, if I told you Englandson, who's playing four, was playing number one singles, Andrade, Riffice, uh, Crawford, all of those guys, you'd believe me. I think that's the difference between a Florida and a USC. But as you mentioned, the depth for the Trojans, it's scary. They, they certainly have a ton of options, a lot of guys who can fill in the lineup. It's great to have seniors at, for depth as well. So Pete Smith's got a ton of options. 
Uh, we'll end here with you, Chris. The the NCAA teams. Well, c- clearly USC is an NCAA team. I think uh, <laughs> UCSB will probably uh, will probably make it in, and South Alabama makes it out of their conference. So I think we probably get three here. Yeah, and Matt, I, I kind of cut you off a little bit there, and I'm sorry for that. Any response to my little tangent? No, no, not really. What I was just saying was I, just the depth is what I meant when comparing them to Florida. You're, you're definitely right with, you know, the top of USC's lineup is definitely set. I mean, Holt is their clear number one. Cookerman's their clear two. Uh, you could mix that around a little bit more with Florida, but I just meant from a depth perspective – they have so many guys. Sure. Their entire roster is just – you look at it and it's like, holy cow. I mean, they can throw whoever they want at five and six. <laughs> that, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, that, I completely agree with you. Well, then we can move on to our next region. A region I know you were at, Matt, uh, Matt because you are rocking your Duke sweater proudly. I'm, of course, talking about UNC, where we had uh, UNC hosting Utah, I believe Middle Tennessee State, and Duke. In the end, we had UNC taking out Duke in the second round, 4-1. Utah took out MTSU, 4-0. You know, your boys took the doubles point there, Stokowiak. Yeah, it was a great doubles point, actually. One of the best that I've ever seen. It all came down to two, and really, Carolina should have won it. They had about four or five match points in that tiebreaker, and even at Duke was serving 4-5 in that set, and we're down a couple of match points and, and held on. It was a great doubles point. Duke played excellent doubles. They deserved it, uh, but from UNC's perspective, I, I mean— it looked a little bit shaky. I mean, they're going to have to get that sorted out by the time they get to Chicago because, uh, you know, their singles is really good, but you've got to win doubles points, you know, against the more elite teams. And it, it's it's a cause for concern, but I, I think they'll bounce back. They have the talent. I mean, Boyden goes from not playing doubles to one doubles with Blumberg. Blumberg spoiled from years of playing with Robert Kelly. Obviously, it's just going to take them some time to find the chemistry. But Will Blumberg, yeah, it's good, if not better, than any doubles player in you know college tennis. So you imagine that uh, works itself out. I don't know, Chris. I, I guess two questions for you. One, you, you look at them. Josh Peck not in the lineup for UNC. They've got some good depth, though. Three through six, all guys who, you, you know, Cernok might be that number three guy, but then even more so four through six, all guys interchangeable. How does UNC's depth compare to the USC's, the Florida's, as we've mentioned, and then end with the NCAA teams in this region, please? Well, so the depth isn't as good i mean they've only got eight guys they want eight guys to play right so um and and eight you're not gonna play you're not gonna play lad harrison so they've got seven guys to play so when they pull back that's it the lineups they've cut they've cut six guys so it, the depth is definitely not there but seven really good guys is 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 plenty because uh, even with seven really good guys, you can you can pull one, you can have a guy get injured, whatever. So um, the odds of needing any more than that for them are are, are probably slim. But uh, but if they needed it, yeah, there's there's not quite as much depth. But I don't I don't think that'll end up matter, mattering uh, in the end. Um, here, NCA teams here. Um, wow. Like, Carolina is in Duke. Uh, Duke, I think, will find a way in. I'm not. I'm, I'm not overly impressed right now. It was a great doubles point, but I think they're uh, 
they're hurting in the singles lineup. But honestly, I think uh, Matias, when he when he gets in shape, uh, having, having just come back, is obviously going to be better than he is when he's not. Uh, and and they'll they'll find their way to, to play some good singles. So I think Duke will make it. I, I like Middle Tennessee, like I said, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic. The, that's a conference battle. I think Middle Tennessee probably comes out uh, from that conference uh, this year, and then Utah, eh, probably not. I'll, I'll say there's three there. All right, I like it, Matt. Any final thoughts on your boys? They just got to bounce back. That's really all it is. I mean, I, they did what they could. You know, it's a tough matchup in singles. I, I thought them taking the doubles point was was awesome that's a step in the right direction if they can find a way to win doubles points you know unc is a top team so when they're playing a lesser team some of those singles matches are going to end up going their way it was a tough matchup but um definitely a little bit of progress there and if they just pick it up start playing a little bit better we'll see how it goes well, I'll end with this then. Hey, great shot to the UNC Athletic Department who spelled Nick Stokowiak's name without the I. It was just Nick Stokowiak, which might be a better name, honestly. But still, hey, great shot to them. We know here that there's an I in your name, Matt, and I would never let that slip by. But hey, great shot to me as well. I said we were going to stay in California. We went to UNC. Let's go back to LA for the UCLA region. UCLA hosts Indiana, USD, and Ole Miss. I believe jokingly part who called me out in our Slack. I said Ole Miss had a shot. I didn't actually think they did, but I, I you know, to my credit, I was very, 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 very wrong about that. Uh, USD, or Ole Miss loses 4-0 in, I believe, no, 4-0 to USD and then 4-1 to Indiana. You know, if you're looking from the UCLA perspective, 4-1 over Indiana, then 4-1 over USD. They lose the doubles point. Another team, no Red Licky, no Zoo, no Rap. They're still trying to figure out what doubles teams work best for them they get a win from Cressy Smith and it's interesting to me to see Cressy at one because he deserves that spot we've seen what he's done on the pro circuit at least people who have been following the challenger tour so great to see him get a win in his first match at number one Keegan Smith at two Guy may be insane, but he's also insanely talented, so that's fun to see as well and then you have Nanda who won a futures event I believe a couple weeks ago at three their top three can compete with anyone, but Matt, I don't recognize any of those names four through six. Well, they're freshmen except for Goldberg. I think Goldberg's been around a little bit. Um, four and five, I don't even really know how to pronounce those names. Salakian and Z- Zaraj, I don't know. but That was um, pretty good. Hey, great shot. They're freshmen, and you know who's missing here is Connor Hance. I don't know if you know Chris what happened there? I think I saw somewhere that he might have gotten injured in in their match with uh, Indiana. I'm not certain. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it was an injury. He retired. I think he was down five one first set and retired. Okay. Uh, yeah. So normally, I think you'll see Hanson there at five, which would push Salakian down to six, where Goldberg doesn't have to play. Yeah, you know. This team for me is just a little bit in the Pac-12. They're going to be a little bit behind USC right now. They don't have that same depth. But those top guys, I mean, I love Cressy and Smith. I mean, we're talking about some big freaking dudes right there. I mean— Who can hit the cover off the ball indoors is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. They're they're super good. I love those guys. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be a top 10 team all year. There's no doubt about it. But the question is, are they going to— are they going to have enough depth at the bottom, you know, to win in indoors? 
or, you know, make the semi, the final four at NCAAs in May. That, I don't know, but we'll see, man. I mean, they're, they're a serious threat. That's for sure. You can't take them lightly. I have a take about them that I will save for our conversation later about the top five teams and how my thinking went about with uh, when I was trying to make that list because, as you mentioned, that depth, I think, is something as a recurring theme that will separate the best teams from the next level. Uh, Chris, I'll give you a chance to add anything on the UCLA lineup and then also, please, NCAA teams in this region. Yeah, so, well, the Connor Hance deal, and, I, and again, I don't know what kind of injury or what happened there. That's a deal killer for them if he's out. They they have to have him in the lineup. Zaraj is a clear four for them, so Hans will be five. Uh, but it really gets it gets thin after that. They're already thin at six. If you have to bump that up to being thin at five and six, uh, they're they're going to be they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, uh, tournament teams here: uh, San Diego, UCLA are in. Uh, Ole Miss is definitely out, and I don't <laughs> think I don't think IU makes it either. Well, you criticize the Big Ten depth. If this Indiana team is as frisky as they may be, you know, they've got Ronnie Schneider now as the volunteer assistant, and I only shout that out because he was kind enough to come on the Cracked Interviews podcast, so thank you, Ronnie. Who knows about that depth? Obviously, it'd be nice for me if I could see a red-hot Indiana team get stomped in Ann Arbor. But let's move on to our my last uh, blow-through district. And, of course, our these were the blowouts, and it's taken us 41 minutes to get to this last one. But let's go down to Austin, Texas for the Texas region. I think this Texas team has depth. I think they've got a ton of experience. I think they're going to be fun to watch. And they host Washington, Miami, and USU. And they kind of... They cruise. You know, they beat Washington 4-0 and a sneaky good Miami team 4-0 as well. Chris, I mean, it's a top 10 team. People aren't necessarily sleeping on it. But I feel like in the big conversation, no one talks about this Texas team enough. Oh, they could win it all for sure. They're definitely deep. Uh, I mean, they they couldn't have been, you know, it would be hard to say they weren't one of the most impressive teams of the weekend. And you're right, Miami – is a sneaky good team hopefully not too sneaky because we play on friday but uh uh but yeah that's i mean that that was a good team and they just you know they're they're just beating people and they're beating them very very easily the only thing that uh, and they're pretty set the only thing that i think uh coach centers you know debating every match is between his between his five and six uh, he's basically got colin marks chi chi wong and rodrigo banzer and I know he's really high on Wong, so Wong's played every match, and so what they've and and they had him submitted at six. But what they've done sometimes they play. They had Marks at five, but they've pulled him like they did in the championship match here and slid Wong up to five and played Banzer at six. And other times they've left it uh, as is and Banzer's out. So so what it kind of looks like right now is that Banzer and Marks are splitting time, although not necessarily at six, because in some case they're putting Wong at six in some cases. But I know he really likes him, and he has and he hasn't disappointed yet. So I don't think he's going to find himself out of the lineup. I think Banzer had one tough match, so so I think Wong's in the lineup, and then you you just kind of have a a, a Marks Banzer battle going on for that last spot. But yeah, these guys are super super impressive, and and. I think I talked about it the first there you know, a lot of freshmen last year they're a year older they know what to expect they're only they're only going to get better this is a a potentially really really good like you know top 3 team 
Matt, anything to add? Oh yeah, I've I have a good bit to add here. I, I'm one of those people that was <laughs> sleeping on Texas a bit. Um, my apologies to to Texas. No more. This team is now firmly in my top five. Um, I was underestimating them. I mean, I, I look at their lineup. These guys, with the exception of Wong, were were all there last year. Um, you know, they've got tons of experience. They're really good at doubles. I mean, I don't see any weaknesses, really, in singles or doubles. I don't see any spot where you can really pick on it. I know Chris was talking about, you know, who's going to play six, Banzer or Marks. I think ultimately at the end of the day, that will be Banzer probably in singles, and Marks is going to see time in doubles. But this lineup is scary good, and and I think – uh, you know, I already we picked our our conference champs on the last pod. I said Baylor. I I want to change that now. I mean, I from from this point forward, I'm gonna ride with Texas. This team this team is really really <laughs> good. And like Chris said, I mean, I think they have the ability to win it all. They really do. It wouldn't shock me. Here's what I like about the case for not necessarily just Texas, but any Big 12 team winning the uh, a national championship this year. You have, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, all teams that are top 16 tested. They've been to late state or, you know, sweet 16s. They've all been competing to make that next jump to an NCAA semifinal. They're going to get to test one another during the regular season, during conference championships. It's going to help put these guys through adverse situations. The depth of that conference could have these teams looking really good come May because they should have seen everything. You know, you know, Chris. We'll we'll end here with you, of course. Any NCAA uh, teams other than Texas in this region? Yeah, I I, I think Miami uh, makes it in. Uh, Washington does not, and then I'm going to claim complete ignorance on the conference for Utah State, and they may be the best team. So if they get in on a conference bid, they may they may make it. I don't know who their competition is uh, in the conference, so. I don't think they get uh, on a rank basis, but if they're a conference winner, then they're then they're in, and they may be the best team in the conference.